Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub podcast. My name is Jill Garcia. Today is Monday, August 31st. Today we have a very special guest. She goes by Alicia Rodriguez. She's a soccer reporter for SB Nation. Alicia, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, so Alicia, just tell us a little bit about, about your background. Obviously, uh, we we're talking pre, uh, pre-chat, and yeah, I know you said you covered a bunch of different teams. Uh, can you name some of the teams that you cover? Sure. Uh, I cover... Uh, LAFC, the LA Galaxy, the San Jose Earthquakes, uh, Sacramento Republic, uh, Orange County SC, LA Galaxy 2. Um, I think that's it for now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's a, a pretty good starting point. Um, you know, it keeps me pretty busy. Yeah, so you're very in the know. And uh, I mean, I love reading your articles and obviously your, your tweets and everything. So uh, kudos to you and the great job you've been doing. How long have you been covering uh, soccer here in uh, Southern California for? I started in uh, 2011, um, and yeah, I, I, I worked uh, with MLS, uh, like the league office basically, uh, in their editorial department uh, for almost seven years, um, and then this year I, I switched to working full-time with SB Nation um, in a new role. So um, yeah, I've been really fortunate to get to do something that I love doing. Um, and I've been really fortunate that I've got to keep a job for so long at it. So I, I feel pretty lucky. Yeah, well, I mean, you do you do a great job and um, everybody around the business definitely knows you. Um, so we have, we're gonna talk about both uh, teams, both LA teams. We had LAFC yesterday who played in LA Galaxy. Uh, let's go into um, just your thoughts, overall thoughts on yesterday's game with, with LAFC. Obviously back-to-back losses, has lost three or one. Uh, we we watched the press conference and everything. Um, tell, talk to me about yesterday's game and what you saw. Yeah, I think on the bright side, uh, the good news was for LAFC, the energy was there, um, the intensity was there, and I think that they were passing a lot better um, this time compared to the last game against the Galaxy. Um, on the downside, I think the game exposed some real questions in defense and, and goalkeeping um, you know, the Sounders were able to kind of tear through LAFC two times in particular, but really all three times on the goals, it was just uh, weird breakdowns and, and sort of catastrophic um, mistakes that led to goals. And of course, if you do that three times in a game, you're not going to win. And um, that's certainly what, what happened there. So I think there's, there's some promising signs moving ahead for, you know, the, the energy level, but Beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot of, of, of great stuff to write home about uh, from that game for from their perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you just hit the nail on the head. A lot of things were exposed. Um, you know, in the MLS back tournament, we saw we saw some of this and we're like, OK, you know what? They're going to adjust. They're going to you know, this is this is something they're going to figure out. But after 
these last two performances, I just want to say that it's, it's a long season. Um, yeah. But after these last two performances, you're like, okay, maybe they haven't figured it out on the defensive end. And first thing, I just go look at the stats. So in the seven games that they played in the regular season, they have 16 goals for and 15 goals against. And that is the biggest stat, um, you know, because we, we've heard uh, Bob talk and just certain things that he had said it was like a team issue. But we look at the stats and we look at yesterday's performance. And I know you're watching the game. I know Stu Holden was talking about how much the team really misses Walker Zimmerman. Um, and, you know, he, got, and he, he, brought, he brought up a couple of different points that I was like, you know what? And I, I understand why they made the move. But since they made that move, their defense hasn't been as strong and as together. And I think some of the players that they've tried to bring in, uh, Andy Nahar is like a low risk, but high reward. And it, I think right now he hasn't been able to perform for them. And it doesn't look like that may turn out to be a, a positive, um, what, what I'm trying to a positive risk or, you know, a positive net return on, on getting, picking up Andy Nahar. And you're looking at why the team is really hurting with Walker Zimmerman. You're seeing this team without a Duarte Twista, without a Walker Zimmerman, without a Carlos Vela. And if potentially a Twista and Rossi is supposed to leave next season, you're kind of getting a glimpse of what's to potentially come. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself because those issues could get addressed this season or, you know, the transfer market is open. But I think a lot of those things are, are starting to come to a realization to LAFC, like, hey, we need to fix this. Yeah, I think you raise a really good point. And that was something I was thinking about, too, is like this is the trial run for the next phase, uh, pro- you know, pro- projecting into the future for LAFC. If, they, if they're selling some of these big guys, uh, these young stars on, then, you know, I think that the team is already looking ahead as far as restocking the midfield right with with the likes of uh Pancho Ginella and mm-hmm. and um Jose Cifuentes like I think those are the obvious replacements down the line for uh Atuesta and either or Kay and and Blessing if if they move on as well in, in the near future um but at the same time I think it's worth noting that you know whenever you make a big change like that if you have a key player that you transfer on you make a lot of money off of them it's hard to stay at the same level and be able to perform, you know, in the, in the same way. So mm-hmm. I think you make a, a really, really good point. Um, the defense, um, you know, I, I think that to an extent, 2020 being a weird year is going to just throw a lot of these analyses off. Like it's just hard to mm-hmm. say for certain that, you know, the, the team would continue to struggle if they were playing a, a full 34 game slate with no interruptions like normal um, or not, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it's just really hard to say. And I don't think that's an excuse. I think that's a uh, the reality is it's just hard right now to kind of um, fully analyze whatever's going on based on um, how the, you know, you know, how the, the season has been so stop and start and that kind of thing. But having said that, obviously, like you said, the the goals for and goals against uh, being plus one, having scored so many goals is uh, an extremely worrying trend right now. Yeah. And again, I just want to emphasize it's it's still early on. It's still a long season, but another thing that brought some concern to me was Kenneth Ramirez play last night. And that to me, like the first call was like, you know, what, it was, he was a bit off his line, but, you know, Rudy Diaz, he just had an incredible goal. So, I mean, that's yeah. just talent in itself to score. 
but then the second goal that to me then I'm like okay and then before that he kind of had like a shaky pass that uh, he almost I think I think it was in the first half he almost passed it to a Seattle Sounder player you know so why can't to me it's like why can't they figure out the goalkeeper role you know what I'm saying like I, this was Kenneth after he you know he performed well in the MLS's back tournament it looked like okay this is Kenneth Vermeer is gonna be the guy and before that you know you had when they went from Kenneth to Pablo back to Kenneth and now it looks like we may see Pablo again is that how you see it or how do you see it I mean after hearing from uh, Bob Bradley last night, I think he's going to stick with Kenneth. I, I think last year with the back and forth with Pablo and Tyler Miller really seeming to take the rhythm out of both players mm-hmm. down the stretch, I have a feeling he's he may give Kenneth a few more games at this point to see if he can maybe find some form and, and get into a rhythm. To me, the big issue is is it a question of the player or a question of what the player is being asked to do? Um, like we've seen in the sport in recent years, goalkeepers have to be a lot more aggressive. You know, it's, it's much more encouraged for them to come way off their line to try and sniff out chances before a shot is even um, taken. For goalkeepers to come rushing all the way out of their 18-yard box if necessary to, to try and stop a play. And... I think they signed him with the intention that he would be able to do that well. So far, it's been pretty hit or miss, right? Like, he's had some good games, no doubt, but he's had some pretty bad games, too. And I think when you come rushing way out like he did in the second goal uh, against Seattle, it looks terrible. Yeah. Having said that, I think that that's how LAFC want their goalkeepers to play. They, I don't think they want guys to hang out on their line um, and get hit with a barrage of shots. I think they want aggressive goalkeeping. And so is that something that can, you know, that Kenneth can find some some form and, and you know, settle into? Was this just really a bad night, like a real, real aberration of a night? Um, or is the system just, you know, pretty tough to, to ask a goalkeeper to do all these these roles when the defense in front of him is um, at this point, admittedly pretty shaky. And mm-hmm. to me, I don't think those questions are answered yet. That's something that we still need to kind of watch and see how the trends develop. Yeah. You, honestly, you bring up a great point that I never brought up. Uh, that I've thought about it was like, you know, what is a goalkeepers asked to do? Right. And obviously we don't know that we don't really um, get, really ask about that until situations like last night yeah. i mean lafc as a whole let's just be clear they didn't play good as a whole as a team um and i'm not just putting the blame on kenneth but just there's things that he did that i'm just like okay wait a minute what is going on here you know it just yeah. makes you it makes you really think like okay you know he's a veteran keeper you know this is you know he pretty much own you know he pretty much has the number one spot but yeah obviously you got someone who's hungry as well pablo cisnegas who's shown he has a talent but sometimes they I don't I don't understand like last year there was inconsistencies from Tyler Miller and Pablo Cisnegas, and now we're seeing the same thing. You know, that to me is just I don't think I've ever really seen that. You know, when you have two go I mean, yeah, I mean certain things happen, but you know, it's been consistently inconsistent sometimes throughout the season, you know, and I think that's I think that's the thing that juggles and we've seen, you know, Bob Bradley and LAFC go back and forth and and we'll we'll see if that continues on to this season. Um, because I agree, I think one last season, I think 
when Pablo was doing really good, and then Tyler Miller came back from the U.S. men's national team. They put him in, and he hadn't played in so long that that kind of threw him off, and then you try to put Pablo back in. So, yeah, I guess I guess we'll we'll have to see what, what what happens there. I mean, both fairly talented keepers. I think the reason why we're talking about what LAFC the way we are today is because of what they did last year and the type of talent that they have. You know. And if this team didn't have no expectations, we wouldn't be talking about them or, you know, in my view, critique them a little bit because we expect more from this team because of the talent and what we've seen. And obviously in the pieces that they currently have right now are not producing. But I definitely believe that Bob Brown and this team can turn things around. But right now, like, what what he said to me was, um, he said this, uh, I think you tweeted it out, um, about training. Uh, maybe you can... Remind me, he said something about, um, I'm trying to look up the tweet, but that they weren't there in training. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he said that the he he thinks the level uh, has dipped maybe a bit in training. Mm, yeah. um, and he was raising that point to make a larger point about the mentality recently has been a little bit off for the team. And I think, um, I think Bob understands that we're in a weird moment, right? Like, I don't think he's saying that necessarily to throw the players under the bus and, and say, you know, it's all your fault that you're distracted and you yeah, know, yeah, no. think only about soccer, right? Like there, they were just a few days away from uh, a, a player strike over mm-hmm. uh, systemic racism. Um, the game that they didn't play ended up being a flashpoint for uh now, you know, the owner of the rival team is is forced to sell his team because he's uh, outed himself as a racist, basically, um, you know, and then COVID is still raging. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and I think he um, totally understands that. Um, having said that, obviously, if your job is to, you know, win soccer games, then on some level, I think that was a message by Bob to try and explain that he knows that the the mentality has kind of gone a little bit from the player's you know, recently in the last weeks or days and um, they need to sort of, the the coaching staff needs to sort of focus the players back onto the energy that they had before that, that made them so successful. And um, I think it was a pretty big moment because it was, it was a moment in which he admitted that there's a problem, right? It wasn't just like, well, we had a bad night. What are you going to do? It was like, something's wrong. So Yeah. um, yeah, I think that was pretty big. Yeah, I, and I, I, I was like, when he said that, you never really hear that from Bob Bradley. And, you know, he was very um, honest, you know, and he's very, not saying that he, he's never, but, you know, there's sometimes you ask him certain questions, like, you know, like, he was very calm in yesterday's press conference. You know, you know sometimes, you know, after a press conference, he, you know, no one's happy, but yesterday he was very, very calm. And, you know, he's very honest and just, you know, hey, this is what's going on, you know? And this one's like, oh, wow. You know, just very honest. Um, but I, I obviously, we all know what we can expect from this team. And I think it's just disappointing from these last two starts. Um, and just to just to hit on the point, um, I was, I'm all for the player strike, you know, and everything they wanted to do. Um, I think it just comes a point when, okay, you decide to do the strike, you're, you're not playing. And then you, okay, we're coming to play and we're going to do that. I think... You, Bob was right on those things that the team or you know wasn't really focused. Um, the only reason the only reason that sucks to, because 
the sound was ready and they and they knew what happened at that Melissa's back tournament when they lost four to one or you know three to one and you can't have those mental or you know I mean you you I feel like if if you're not mentally there in a game and the other team is ready and LA you beat LAFC I mean you beat LA Galaxy and Sounders in the most back tournament by big scores those teams still remember that those still those teams still feel that pain and those in a sense you have a target on your back and that's why I feel like these last two games you know Galaxy you know are happy about that win Sounders are happy about that win and you know if you just look around the league LAFC has talked about so much just around the league that I, I'm assuming they know this, but they have a target on their back. And every time LAFC loses, people are happy, you know? So it's like, that's the thing that, and that's what happens when you have expectations. And that's what happens when you have a season like you did last season and all those things. So I just wanted to just bring up that point. Um, I'm hopeful that they're able to bring it back around this Wednesday. Cause you know, they got, they, they got another tough opponent coming up against San Jose and you know, they can play really well. Um, I want to hit on uh, Christian Torres. He made, a, he made his LMLS debut. What did you think about that? I, I think it was pretty exciting. Um, I honestly, you know, prior to the homegrown players being signed this summer, I honestly expected they'd be another year or so before we saw um, players getting signed and, and playing for the first team. Um, I think obviously at this point, Christian and the other homegrowns are, are probably going to get very limited minutes and, you know, come off the bench at the end of games and just kind of get their feet wet, but it's really promising. Um, and I also was pretty impressed with the kid in talking to him. Uh, I feel kind of weird saying the kid, but I realized he's like, I'm more than <laughs> twice his age. So it's, it's totally okay. Years old. Yeah. yeah um, th- there was a spate of 16 year olds playing around MLS this weekend and, um, I was impressed with Christian seeming both to be, you know, really enthusiastic about his opportunity and being able to get a moment to speak to the press. You know, that's something that's a pretty big deal mm-hmm. for someone like him. Um, but also being composed and, um, you know, being a professional and not, not seeming necessarily like he was a kid. Um, you know, he seemed like somebody who had, obviously we only talked to him for a couple of minutes, but it seemed like somebody who had a good head on his shoulders and, um, hopefully that puts him in good stead for, you know, his, his formative years yet to come and, and obviously on and off the field. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool moment and, um, you know, obviously we're hoping the best for him moving forward. Yeah. So one more, one more play I want to, I want to talk about, um, Bob was also honest about Brian Rodriguez and he said he did not have a good game. And he went on to say when Brian Rodriguez plays well, you know, we have a pretty, you know, we pretty much pretty we play well. What have you made of his play so far? Um, because we know he has talent and we know he's quick. I just feel like sometimes he may try to do, like Bob Bradley said, he was too predictable last night. And I think that happens a lot more, uh, a lot more times than you want it to. How do you see it? Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm somebody who's been, I, I would say, I, I feel like I'm pretty, forgiving that's not the right word but sort of um you know willing to give him some time because I think the expectation that every young player that LAFC signs is going to be exactly like Diego Rossi is um Mm -hmm. pretty unrealistic right like Diego Rossi is a unicorn you don't get players like that who perform from day one you know literally day one um in in 
spectacular fashion right away, even if you pay a bigger transfer fee. Um, and then in the case of, of Brian, I think the MLS was back tournament was really good for him because it, it he finally scored a couple goals, you know, he found a breakthrough. So, you know, we've, we've passed that hump of just score a goal, like just get the ball in the net. Like let's, that's, that's really all you have to do at this point. But now that we're on the other side of that, I, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about his play too, because you can definitely see the potential there. And as we've seen him with uh, playing for Uruguay's national team, I mean, he slots right into that team, right? Like he slots in immediately. He plays really well. Um, he looks like a different player, honestly, for them. And then with LAFC, it's just not coming easy yet. Um, and, and that's something that I think is a little bit of a concern. Like uh, Bob talked about, predictability to me he seems to still struggle with um timing his runs um which you know is not an easy skill by any means but you know he's almost always he's the player caught offside on a play um or he you know misses the run or he he runs uh you know a half second too late and Mm -hmm. misses the pass and you know the, the chance is gone that kind of thing and um now, I mean, again, given that it's 2020 and you haven't had the, the regular string of games that you would normally anticipate, he's been here for a year and there still seems to be some struggles. So I'm not somebody to say that he's the next Andre Horta and, you know, we need to write him off or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, I, you know, I, I can see the concern and I, I'm, I kind of understand why Bob is sort of challenging him now publicly to sort of you know, he's trying to find that button to push to get him to, 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 you know, actually play at his best. And I think that, albeit in English, calling him out in the, mm-hmm. in the press was, you know, is a new tactic to try and see if he can fire him up and, and get him, you know, get him going and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I think what, uh, one thing I remember Bob saying last game or after the Galaxy game, he said, uh, I remember this because I tweeted this out. He said, we have to be patient. Brian Rodriguez is starting. After this game, Brian Rodriguez did not have a good game. And, you know, he publicly called him out. And I agree with you. Um, it's been, you know, he's been here a year. We know the talent that he has. To me, um, you know, I know some people are making that comparison and he may be another Andre Horta. Um, the reason why that's happening is because he's a DP player, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, he comes from Peñarol. He comes from the same club that Rossi came from. Obviously, I understand that, you know, he he he's not potentially going to score as much as Rossi right now um, or, you know, BWP. The thing for me is just him and Rossi sometimes are, are not on the same page. And last night, you saw the frustration on BWP when he wasn't passing on the ball. You know, he took a shot on goal. But I think he should have probably passed it. BWP was wide open. Now I don't know if the if the the pass would have got to him. But you know he took a shot where it was like, was this a shot or was a was this yeah. was this a pass? It, it, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And those are the things that you kind of have with Brian Rodriguez. And to me, it's like you know, I see you know I see online so fans aren't happy with this play. You know, and there's, and there's another player. He's been consistently inconsistent. You know, and I really thought I was like, okay. Once MLS back tournament, you know, he had two goals in that tournament. Okay, he's here. You know, he got, he got his goals. He got the monkey off his back. And in these last two games, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if he may be the player that 
you know, LAMC or, or everybody is, you know, is hoping he, he may be. Because it, it may be that he just doesn't fit into the system, you know. The system may, may just not, you know, because if you're doing so good with, with the national team and comes over here, um, maybe I don't know what's going on in training because it's working for Rossi, you know, working for BWP, but it just doesn't seem to work yet for Brian Rodriguez. Now, you still have a whole season with them. You still have time with them to see what you want to do with them. But as of yet, I've not been – I've been more – I've been more disappointed in his play than I have been uh, excited to see him play, you know. Um, you know, last game he got subbed in for BWP at halftime because he wasn't having a good game. And this time, I mean, they only have so, so many subs. So um, do you – I want to ask you, do you think they, they're going to be aggressive or somewhat aggressive on this transfer market? like any defenders or forwards um you know that's a that's a good question i i think probably not just because i think the way the uncertainty surrounding um the world right now <laughs> frankly it's it's lent itself to a really difficult time um in the transfer market and on one hand you can get you can probably get some deals right now mm-hmm. um that's why i bring it up yeah, it you, like values are going to be depressed, but I also think that LAFC were probably banking on selling Rossi this summer, um, and I don't think that's going to happen at this point. So, you know, if you don't have let's say fifteen million or whatever to work with that you were anticipating, then you probably aren't going to go out and buy somebody for four million. You know, you're probably not going to shell out again um, until you get some, you know, you recoup some of what you've already spent. So. Um, I mean, I definitely think that this for another defender, a central defender, somebody of starter caliber, um, and I think you could probably find that player potentially in the league via trade, but it's a matter of if you can get a deal done and will other teams really want to trade away a, a starting caliber central defender to LAFC? Probably not. You know, <laughs> is good enough, right? Yeah. So, you know, so it's tricky, but... Um, We'll see what happens. Obviously, Adama Diamande departing also uh, was a yeah. kind of a shock, and they don't really need to fill that role right now because they already have uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, but that does give them a little more flexibility financially, so maybe they'll have some room to do something. But personally, I'm not counting on them making any huge moves at this point. Um, unlike the Galaxy, who have been pretty well on record saying that they're like they're shopping right now. Like they're, you know, they're, they're being aggressive. I think LAFC are probably going to stand pat a little bit more. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Let's get into uh, LA galaxy back-to-back wins. Incredible. The last two games, um, shut out LAFC, a bank, California, uh, bank, California stadium. And on Saturday, they played an incredible game. Uh, and I was there. They came from behind twice against San Jose, who is a very tough team. Uh, this team has life. This team has been playing with so much passion, so much. The mentality is just different from them, and you see it just at the press conferences. You know, they seem more together. They seem that they believe in themselves, and they seem that you know that you know they you know they they go on to play on Portland this this Wednesday, which you know I believe that they definitely can be in Portland. You know, um, what have you seen from the Galaxy the last two games? Yeah, I think you you've nailed it. Um their intensity is, is there. Uh, frankly, it wasn't there all season prior to, you know, the, the past couple games. 
um, but it's there now. Um, I think the defense is finding some cohesion. Um, mm -hmm. I certainly would not go out on the limb and say, oh, they've solved all their problems, you yeah, know, that, no, no. that's fixed. But they're, they're finding some rhythm, they're playing well together. I think um, Depew and, and Steris playing in the middle is working mm -hmm. pretty well and they yep. should probably stick with that um, for the time being. Um, and then they're just getting contributions from around the team, you know, like on, on Saturday, Christian Pavone was excellent. Um, he scored a penalty, but I think in the game overall, he was just outstanding. He was sure. running at uh, San Jose defenders and, and really wearing them out. Um, but I think too often in the past, the Galaxy have basically get, given him the ball and said, okay, please win the game for us. And mm -hmm you know, you can't really count on that too many times for a single player to, to play hero ball all the time for you. And I think they realize, okay, we need to actually get more guys integrated and, you know, make sure everyone is, is kind of uh, carrying their load. And, and they've done really well in set pieces in the last two games as well. So they've, they scored on set pieces in each of the games. Um, so they're, they're finding ways to, you know, to kind of turn the tide and, um, I think that the Wednesday game coming up against the, the Timbers is, is going to be huge. Um, if they win that game, I'm officially going to be a believer. If it, if it doesn't go so hot, then, you know, they're, they're on the right track, but, you know, maybe they still have some, some room for growth, but, uh, but definitely promising signs in these last few games. Yeah. And I just want to add, they're doing this with no Chicharito and with a Jonah DeSantos is only playing 30 minutes. 25, 30 minutes. Yep. That to me is the most impressive thing um, because they're, they're doing it without, you know, two of the three big, biggest guys, uh, biggest stars, right? Um, and, and, and the defense, like Nick Pugh right, right in the middle, he's been playing incredible. Um, and I'm with you as well. If they win against Portland at Portland, I'm a believer. Okay. They're, they're a, a completely different team. And, and, you know, they got championship aspirations, you know? Um, yeah. But you need you need a healthy Jonah dos Santos and you need a healthy and productive Chicharito in order for that for me to for that to happen. One thing sure. I want to say is Zubak, back to back starts, incredible games he's had the last two. And I'm with you on Pavone. You know he he's they're making Pavone actually work. You know like Galaxy's making him like we need you to help us out a, a lot. We we can't just have you up top. You right. know you, you see him fighting for balls. You see him being more engaged in the, in the game. Not, not that he wasn't before, but, you know, they switched things around and then also having legit there at number 10 back-to-back -back games with, with goals. You know, I think that's really – I think legit, that's, that's where they want him. I know that's probably with Jonah DeSantos or whatever, but that's probably where legit is probably the best at, you know. I think, yeah. and I think he also talked about it that, you know, you know I, he said that he's able to play a couple of different positions, but he feels more comfortable there. So I'm interested to see once, obviously, you get a full, fully healthy Jonah Dos Santos, how that happens. And then also having Efrain Alvarez coming off the bench and just giving him a spark off the bench. I think, you know, in like a GBS, Guillermo said after the game that, you know, Efrain is, is a professional. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's acting like a professional and stuff like that. Like, I don't know what was going on before because he was playing great last season. So... I don't know what happened in between last season. I know it's 2020, but, you know, he's, he said that this was the first time that, you know, he felt like, you know, he was a professional, you know, um, whatever that meant, you know, um, a professional player, I think is what he said. But 
you're going to start to see a frame start get more minutes, you know, and that's another exciting thing if you're a Galaxy fan. And just slowly, things are starting to come together because about a month ago, a couple of weeks ago, we're like, I don't know if Guillermo is doing a good job with this team, you know. And then that yeah. win, that win over LAFC kind of just things things in these last few games. Yeah, I think um, after the Orlando tournament and. Um, so the Galaxy lost a close game. They were blown away by LAFC, and then they tied their last game, and they came pretty close to winning that that one, but they ended up tying. And, you know, atrocious or anything like that. It was it was okay. But the performances, and for the most part in those games, are what was really concerning because they would play for 20 minutes and look really good at 20 mm-hmm. minutes to start with or – 30 minutes to end a game, but they couldn't put a, a 90 minute performance together. And, and that was a huge concern. I think what must've happened after they left Orlando, they came home, they had uh, a good month to train. Well, aside from a, <laughs> a organization coronavirus outbreak, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the second team, um, they trained for a, a solid month. I think they must've had a come to Jesus moment and said, look, we need to like our season's on the line now. Like we mm-hmm. cannot afford to, to fritter away what what time we have so we need to get it together and, and actually um do something and, and turn it around because the season was looking pretty dire uh before that you know back in march the the two games they had played they had really struggled and then in orlando it was bad and and so there was really no like i remember coming into the el trafico last week it was the first time that I think I came into one of those games where the uh, like public opinion on both sides was basically like, Oh, LAFC are going to kill the galaxy. Like, it's just going to be an easy romp. Like the galaxy have no chance in this game and the galaxy, you know, we're, we're like, well, we're not going to take that. Like we're going <laughs> to, we're going to put up a fight here and, and boy, did they do that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think they must've, you know, we talked earlier about Bob Bradley, talking about mentality for LAFC, I think for the Galaxy, they had that moment already, and they've already said, like, this is our moment we need to get right, or the season's over already, no matter how many more games we have to play, and, um, you know, so far so good, so hopefully that that continues for them. Yeah, no, and I agree with you, they they did, they, they, like, they had that moment, because I think we had every right to think that they weren't going to beat LAFC, because of what we saw, you know what I'm saying, of what we saw, we, we saw no passion, but they're, you know, they've been aggressive they've been you know playing like you would expect a team uh, la galaxy a super team to play you know yeah. which which is great and it just adds on to the rivalry so just an update uh i was on the call earlier today with uh with uh, uh guillermo he said that no chicharito for this portland uh for the portland timbers game he said we potentially may see him for lafc but i don't know what that means he may just be on the bench maybe get 10 20 minutes i don't know but it looks like exciting. And then update on Yoni Gonzalez. He's still not yet with the team. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's another exciting player that, you know, that potentially going to have. But so far, I mean, Julian Araujo has been playing great. Yeah. You know, he's been playing great and, you know, just producing for them. So they got a lot of young talent, the Galaxy, that, you know, they're producing and they're playing. And I think that's, well, that's one of the most exciting things, I think, for them, you know, and they're starting for them as well. Yeah, it's a little bit of, you know, by necessity, right? Like you mentioned mm-hmm. Ethan Zubak earlier. He was thrown into action when Chicharito got hurt at in Orlando. And, um, you know, the Galaxy's track record with homegrown forwards has not been very good. Just most of 
the time they get much time when they, they're not affected. And um, even it played well at the USL level, um, you know, for LA, but was sort of like, okay, like, you know, is he going to make the grade? I don't know. And he finally got some sustained playing time and he's, you know, I think he's taking advantage of it. I, I'm not ready to say that, you know, he's a superstar. He's going to necessarily be a starter in the future. But I think as far as that's, that's an indication of how, like you said, having the young talent and, and, and plugging them in when you need to, and they're coming through. Um, I think Julian's playing fantastic and I hope he stays in the lineup one way or another. I know he's kind of in a pinch being, you know, played up on the wing, uh, right now but it would be nice to see him you know get a real sustained run because i think he is ready to be a starter he's he he had a growth spurt um you know over the past year he looks more like a you know a professional adult soccer player at this mm. point um and he's playing really well and yeah it's it's nice to see the you know the talent the the promise coming through and and guillermo by necessity has had to play a lot of these guys but um, to see that they're performing right now is, is, it must be really heartening. And that has to be really, uh, a good sign, you know, for the future, for the, for the Academy. Mm -hmm. If, if a couple of these guys end up being starters in a couple of years, then, you know, they're in good shape. Like that, that's a good sign for their, for their Academy. And right now it's going pretty well. Yeah. And they got a couple more guys like Cam and Dunbar as well that we've seen. Um, I think just, I mean, uh, myself, I've been very critical of Guillermo. Um, more of the subs that I, I think he didn't do in MLS's back tournament. But uh, in the game in San Jose, we saw I, I saw certain adjustments that I hadn't really seen from Guillermo. You know, and I think in the, the game in San Jose, he brought in, you know, Jonah Dos Santos. I think as soon as they scored that, was it the second, their second goal, he, that's when he subbed in uh, Jonah yeah. Dos Santos and Afarian Alvarez, and it just changed the game. You know, and before... I hadn't seen those adjustments from uh, from Guillermo, and then instantly this happened. Okay, bam, you're coming in, and they, and it worked, you know. So kudos, so to, kudos to him because I, you know, it wasn't looking good for him, and now things are starting starting to roll a lot better for LA Galaxy. It's it's, it's a great it's a great time though. I mean, we got two two MLS clubs in Southern California, you know. We also got obviously LA Galaxy two, and you know, Orange County. Um, what do you, let me ask you this, like, what do, what do you see, uh, the future of soccer or football? I don't want to offend anybody, football, <laughs> you know, um, I just call it soccer. It's so an MLS soccer, yeah. you know, major league same soccer, same you know, so it's like, um, how do, like, where do you see the MLS growing in the next like five to 10 years? I mean, I think it's a really exciting time. You know, I've been, like I said earlier, I've been covering the league since 2011. Um, and you've seen so much growth in that time. Um, I think the quality of players who are coming to the league, um, the homegrown players who are emerging as stars, like there's a lot to be excited about. Um, obviously, the league is still expanding. I don't expect we're going to see any more teams in uh, Southern California, although um, Sacramento will be coming in in a few years. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, they have a great fan base up there. Mm -hmm. um, another quasi road trip, right, for, for LA teams. I've, been, I've actually um, been up to Sa Sacramento. Don't mean to interrupt you, but I've been to oh, their games. They're, they're pretty cool. It's up there. They, yeah. got a, they got a fan base up there. Yeah. And um, uh, I think we'll probably see most of the growth, either just continuation of, of what we've been seeing over the past decade, which I think has been really exciting. 
Um, you know, obviously the Galaxy were kind of the standard bearers in MLS and um, they're not uh, content to relinquish their, you know, their grip as the, the <laughs> premier team. Um, and LAFC have been the noisy neighbors who've, you know, sort of said, well, we're here to improve on what, you know, what you've done before. So it's a, it's a nice rivalry, I think, in a lot of respects. Um, and I think it pushes both teams to be better, yep. which I think is good for everyone. Yep. Um, and then I think moving forward, what's exciting is uh, we're going to have uh, NWSL coming to Los Angeles in a couple of years. So there's going to be yep. uh, women's top flight soccer coming. So that's pretty exciting. Um, sounds pretty good. Like we're going to also have a women's team in Sacramento as well in the league. Wow. So um, we're going to have a SoCal NorCal situation going on with, with women's soccer too. Um, and I think that's going to be really exciting because the LA team is almost certainly going to be playing in one of the MLS stadiums. So it's going to be a familiar environment, but I think, the game day experience is going to be a little bit different and also not to disparage the MLS players who obviously I support. And I think they, you know, they, they play fantastically, but NWSL has a bunch of world cup winners and some of the best yep. players in the world. So, you know, you're going to be seeing the, the cream of the crop in, in that league when, when they actually finally come to LA. So um, yeah, that's, that's my pitch for, for soccer in Southern California. I think it's a, it's a time for growth and, um, there's still a lot of room for growth, even in a big, big market like we're in. Um, I, I think the best is yet to come. Yeah, no, and I completely, uh, completely agree with you. Well, Lisa, that's all, that's all I had for you. Um, let the, let the people, I appreciate you being on, let the people sure. know, uh, where they can follow you and they, where they can contact you and stuff. Sure. Um, well, my work is on SB Nation, um, the LA sites, uh, Angels on Parade for LAFC coverage in Orange County and LAG Confidential for anything related to the LA Galaxy. Um, I'm also on some other sites, but those are the main ones for, for LA. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Soccer Musings, um, and I talk about all kinds of soccer there. So uh, yeah, hit me up if you ever want to chat about the sport in any, any way, shape, or form. Thanks. Yeah. Guys, uh, Alicia, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you. Hopefully we can have you on once again. Very knowledgeable. You know your soccer, and I love reading your articles and your tweets and everything. So like I said, once again, appreciate you being on. Guys, make sure to give this podcast a five-star rating if you enjoy this podcast episode. Also, make sure to subscribe. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and make sure to give our Facebook page, LA Soccer Hub, a like, and also follow us on Instagram. For Alicia, this is Jill. Guys, we'll catch up next time. Peace.